BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomharvin.com. Welcome back. Tom Harbin here live in Hawaii from our affiliate, our Honolulu affiliate, KWAI AM 1080. And in the studio with us, Hawaiian rights activist Poko Lainui, uh, attorney, uh, one of the leading voices for Hawaiian independence, radio host, attorney, convener of the Hawaiian National Transition Authority, and an international advocate for indigenous peoples recognized for his work by the United Nations. Poko, if we could just uh, wrap up or, or uh, bring to present moment the history of Hawaii. Okay, well, anyway, uh, Cleveland gets out of office, McKinley comes into office, he tries to get the treaty uh, of annexation adopted by the uh, Senate. Mm. Can't do it. So out of the House of Representatives, they submit a joint resolution of Congress arguing that, well, two houses better than one, mm. although it doesn't meet the constitutional requirement. And so they circumvent the Constitution, they adopt the treaty, claim that Hawaii is now theirs, and then they convert oh. Hawaii into we, the territory. We did territory. that without two-thirds of the Senate? Yes. That's amazing. And they, so Hawaii became a ter territory. That would be like sort of like Guam right now. Right? Uh, sort of, uh, but it's an incorporated territory. Hmm. With And they make a distinction between incorporated, unincorporated, in that if you're incorporated, you can somehow become a state in the future. Hmm. Yeah, Guam is not in the same so status. So then, between then and the 1950s was... So they, they begin the colonization process. They take away our language, they send us to American schools, they control the airwaves, they control trade, they are able to immigrate as many foreigners into Hawaii as they want, and of course, with the United States, it's unlimited. But with China, Japan, and other places, they control who comes into Hawaii. So they manipulate the population in Hawaii, they control the education, they control the media. So the population became more white and less indigenous? Uh, not necessarily. To a certain extent, yes. But it's the plane of the mind hmm. that they work with. I see. Uh, whenever, when I went to school, pledge allegiance to the American flag, I had no Hawaiian heroes. It was George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and the rest. I know U.S. history far better than I know my Hawaiian history. Hmm. So it's that colonization of the changing of the mindset. And that's why in the language that I use, and many people in my generation, we always refer to the United States as the mainland and accept the subservience of the Hawaiian position. Hmm. And then in about the 1960s, things started changing. We started becoming more aware, especially when it was okay to criticize the government, the Vietnam War, the American Indian Movement, the Civil Rights Movement. So we were able to stand on the shoulders of a lot of those movements and began to start taking a look at what about Hawaii? How is it that an independent nation uh, regarded as one of the most well-developed nations in the world. Now our people are the homeless. 
So, it forces us to take a look at the history. And so now you have a regeneration of the pride in culture and a look at the history and a retelling of the history from a more indigenous perspective rather than from a foreigner's perspective. In the meantime, they are moving Hawaii until 1959, and they are finally saying, okay, now we'll give you an opportunity for a fair choice, a free choice, the right to be uh, a state of the United States. If you go just a step back, in 1945, the end of the Second World War, the United Nations is formed. And they pre provide a particular part uh, in Article, uh, I think it's uh, Article 11, in which they say that non-self-governing territories must be given the right to choose for themselves what do they want. It's the whole idea of we cannot allow the kinds of stuff that occurred with the Germans coming in and taking over another country. We need to follow this policy of uh, self-determination. They identified Hawaii in 1946. The United States submitted to the United Nations. Hawaii is one of those places that we need to decolonize. And in that process of decolonization, the standard is you allow the people three choices, independence, free association with a colonial government or integration into the colonial government. Statehood. Statehood. So those were the three choices. 1959 comes about. The question on the ballot, shall Hawaii be immediately admitted into the union as a state? Answer, yes or no. Free choice. You vote yes, we become a state. You vote no, we remain a territory of the United States. No independence choice. <laughs> no independence choice. Oh my. Independence was not even discussed. The, mm -hmm. There's a second aspect of this fraud, and that's why I call it a double fraud. Mm -hmm. And they said that the only people who can vote in this election are U.S. citizens hmm. who had been in Hawaii for at least one year. It's not the folks who had their independence stolen from them, but it is the Americanized people who are now residents of this territory. Who are racially and culturally different. Uh, yes, yes. And, and so the colonization process has been so uh, great in those 50 or 60 years that they played with our minds. We went through two world wars. Uh, we learned the American ways. Most of us forgot our language. And then they placed that question on the ballot and allowed all the Americans to vote in our election as well, including the US military. Hmm. Uh, absolute violation of international standards. And so now they say Hawaii is uh, the 50th state of the United States. Yeah, and you consider this a fraud. And how, how widespread is, how large is the Hawaiian independence movement? And, and well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I told you during the break, I lived in both New Hampshire and Vermont. Both have little independence movements. One in New Hampshire is mostly right-wing cranks, but the one in Vermont, you know, they're, they're a little more serious. I, I doubt, you know, I, I think they have less than a 1% chance of ever seceding from the Union, but Vermont was mm -hmm. a separate nation. At the time of American, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. signing the Constitution, um, what is the status of Hawaii here? Well, I think Hawaii has a different status from uh, Vermont. Hawaii had been recognized uh, in the United Nations as having that right of self-determination. Mm -hmm. 
uh, with the, the United States, Vermont, California, and the rest, that independence movement is quite different. I think California actually, if anyone on that on that the movement towards independence, California with its large economy, uh, is a yeah. more likely think, one. They can pull it off. Yeah, so. Texas is an, another interesting story, but we won't right. get into yeah. <laughs> into yeah. that story. So but in, in, in Hawaii, uh, the movement is in a growth, and I the local newspaper had taken a survey back in about the 1980s, 1990, and they found that <clears throat> among the people of Hawaii, they felt that the sovereignty issue, the sovereignty movement, about 80% supported the sovereignty movement. But when you ask them, what is the sovereignty movement? They're not certain. Is it an independence movement for Hawaii? Or is it the recognition of the illegalities that have occurred, which is undeniable, and that some uh, result should come about as a result of that, or some remedy should come about, which includes what they often talk about, federal recognition. Okay, we'll recognize you native Hawaiians as Indian tribes. Hmm. And so within the native Hawaiian group, you have a large disagreement. Some are saying, we are a nation. We are not an Indian tribe. Others are saying, but that will give us a foot up in terms of better treatment. We'll get federal funding. We'll have our institutions recognized. And, and so they want that. So you've had this division within the Hawaiian uh, population. Other people are saying, and many Hawaiians are saying, that this cannot be seen as an indigenous movement. The Hawaiian nation consisted of people of many different races. It wasn't an indigenous or limited only to the indigenous people, but it came out of the indigenous people. You had Chinese, you had Japanese, you had Filipinos, you had Caucasians, you had people of many different races. So when you see it from an American perspective as if it's a raci uh, racial issue, that's the wrong way of perceiving the Hawaiian nation. Hmm. That's why it's a national movement rather than uh, an indigenous movement or a racial movement. Is there any chance? Oh, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is that we need to start moving our own people to understand the possibilities of eventual independence. And it doesn't mean that we're going to uh, kill off the foreigners or we're going to send everyone away. But what we're saying is that let us learn to integrate, get into the system, and move the system. So eventually we will be able to take over the system. I think the example is Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania. Hmm. I've never been there, but I heard about what had happened. So they moved within that Russian system right. until they were able to overtake. And, and so partly the collapse of the Soviet Union that brought that. I, yes. And some people are saying that uh, you're also seeing the collapse of the American empire. Well, that's, that's a good point, particularly under Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Um, there's, there's a, we have a minute to the break. There's a okay. big difference between, uh, well, I mean, as, as with any indigenous culture, Hawaiian culture and, and what we would call Western culture, European culture. Um, I'd like to get into that with you. Sure. What do you think are the largest differences? I think uh, you, uh, there's what I call a deep culture. And it's not necessarily a racial divide, but it's how people perceive. In the, even in the United States, you have more than one culture. But the governing culture at the present time is governed by three fundamental principles, domination, individualism, and exclusion. 
So this is what I call a die culture, D-I-E. That's the way economics is being run. That's the way education operates. That's the way you deal with the environment. Domination, individualism, exclusion. And we'll hear about the Hawaiian end of this sure. in just a moment. <laughs> We're talking with Pokalanui. He is a Hawaiian rights activist, attorney, one of the leading voices for Hawaiian independence, radio host, convener of the Hawaiian National Transition Authority, international advocate of indi indigenous peoples. We'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. And the website is HawaiianPerspectives.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, Pokalainui is still with us, and you were talking about um, the American culture. I don't know, what you, how would you define it? I usually refer to it as a Western culture. And yet it's not. If you really study the American history, you read the early poets. Uh, within that culture, they were not necessarily saying it should be based on D.I.E., or domination, individualism, and exclusion. There should be some sense of kindness, some sense of respect for the environment. Many of the softer aspects of the culture. But what has happened is that you have seen the very hard uh, DIE culture essentially take over the formal systems. So the pushback you're talking about, like Whitman and Thoreau? Yes. That era? Yeah. And, and the transcendentalist movement? Yeah. And you cannot deny that they played an important role in the development of the character of the United States. Mm -hmm. So among people, it's not that they are all one way or the other way, but even within an individual, you have this sort of this yin-yang, mm. but the society itself, the domination of the society is controlled usually by a DIE culture. Even in Hawaii, you have the DIE culture. That's the basis of capitalism, too. Yes. I mean, it's just that, that there it is. <laughs> so the alternative to that is? The, the Hawaiian conce uh, concept, instead of domination, is what we call olu-olu, sort of a kindness. We can still disagree, but that doesn't mean that we are eternal enemies. You know, we can agree on many other things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can still create a, a different relationship. Mm -hmm. Olu olu. Instead of individualism, the Hawaiian word is lokahi. That we need to think of the group. We need to think of the tribe, of the family, of the larger group. In education, rather than teaching students individually, when students cooperate and teach one another, and if they can be graded as a class, if you're even going to engage in a grade, you know, you find that you can be far more productive in group thinking, concern for the larger group. Instead of uh, exclusion, it's always with the concept of aloha. Although we have differences among ourselves, we need to incorporate, bring in uh, the sense of loving kindness that forms Olu Olu Lokahi and Aloha, uh, what I call Ola culture. Uh, it's a different set of values that you find in the, uh, what is that, the rural communities. You also find it in Honolulu, but not as predominant. You find it sometimes in families and how families operate. Sometimes you also have this DIE concept that yeah, operates. But, but what you're talking about, I, I wrote a book called Last Hours of Ancient Sunlight, and, and one of the main premises of the book is that there's these older cultures and these younger cultures. 
and that basically Western civilization is a younger culture. It's a, it's a new eruption of a, of a new weird idea mm -hmm. um, that has been rejected repeatedly by older cultures, indigenous cultures, literally all around the world. This is the, the big contrast that you're talking about. Essentially. It is, it is. And, and it's, many of us have the two cultures within us. I, as an attorney, walk into a courtroom I'm operating on the Dai culture. Mm -hmm. I need to represent my particular client, etc. But when I'm out in the community, <coughs> my culture needs to change. I need to adjust. The problem is that a lot of people don't understand that they are functioning within a cultural, a deep cultural concept. And so they just meander through one or another system, but not fully appreciate it. We'll be right back with Apoka Lanui after this. activist and, and attorney and talk show host here in, in Hawaii. And uh, you were talking, uh, before the break, we were talking about the Dai culture, basically mm -hmm. uh, Western civilization or whatever, you know, what I, I call younger culture in, in Last Hours of Ancient Sunlight. And then you were talking about this older culture, this, this uh, uh, if you want to recap that very quickly. Sure. First of all, the whole idea of deep culture, a lot of people don't understand or realize that they're, they operate within a deep culture. In Hawaii and in many other parts of the world, you have this domination, individualism, and exclusion culture that controls the formal systems, the economic system, the education system, the environmental this system. Is, this is the water you swim in when you're, when you're walking into a courtroom as a lawyer. That's right. On the other hand, when I'm out in the community, I operate on a totally different culture. Instead of domination, it's olu-olu, with a more gentle kindness to it. Instead of individualism, it's lokahi, thinking of the, the group, the tribe, the larger uh, people involved. And instead of exclusion, it's always aloha, a, a sense of loving kindness, caring, sharing, things like that. So the deep culture is what really uh, determines how a society functions. And you have dysfunction when you operate only on the die system. You kill your environment, you kill your economic system, you start dividing people among uh, against other people, that kind of stuff. I believe that a society cannot long last. A healthy society will not last on the die system. It needs to investigate and start making changes in the deep culture. And, uh, and we all have the roots of that softer, caring, loving, uh, system, and we better start making the changes as quickly as possible. It's part of us as people, and yet uh, the whole libertarian movement, the, the billionaires who are funding it, the guy who's in the White House right now, they all represent the die system that you're you're talking about. Um, in in spades, I mean, it's just it's it's this is literally everything that they're investing, particularly the individualism and the domination part, mm -hmm. um, and the exclusion part. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, we are the billionaires. We, we, we made our own money. We self-made men, and all this kind of stuff. This, this crazy stuff. So, in 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 Hawaii, uh, what is the concept of hapa? Well, I, I think if you take from the deep culture, the especially especially the exclusion part, mm -hmm. George Bush was a great uh, priest for that idea. Either you're with us or you're against us. Mm. There's no in between. There's no well. Let's think about it. Hapa is the same idea. Hapa is the idea that there is gray 
between or in life. It's not only black and white. <laughs> there's a middle ground. Yeah, there's a middle There's a lot of middle ground. In terms of racial appreciation, who is Barack Obama? Black man or white man? His mm. Hopper. His in between. His his a mixture of many many other things aside from even race. He's a human being. He's a father. He's a thinker. He's many things. By the way, Hawaiians know that he was born and lives here. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Barry drove us by the apartment building where, where, he, where, he, where he grew up. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe Trump. Trump had that scam going, you know, with the birther movement. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's crazy. But in Hawaii, what you have is this idea of mix, this cosmopolitan idea. I am Native Hawaiian. I am Caucasian. I am Chinese. My wife is all of that plus even more. My children. Uh, so confused. <laughs> mm. it, it takes too long to memorize all the races. Hawaii is a place in which we understand. Maybe we don't use the word hapa as much as we did before, but this idea of mixing things together. Mm. We have this custom of what we call mixed plate. Now it's becoming more popular in uh, mainland USA, in which you're not only going to have an Italian dish, but what we have in mixed plate, we have hot dog, we have uh, kimchi, we have daikong, we have rice, and we have a mixture of many different things. Mm. That's part of hapa, mm -hmm. the mixture of all of the different cultures and opportunities that we have had, as well as races, religions. My wife's a Buddhist priest. My daughter's a, a lay minister for a Pentecostal church. I'm so confused. Wow, <laughs> that's quite a contrast. Yeah. But we're still a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the idea of Hapa. So um, in the minute that we have left, how do we bring this to the larger culture of the, of the United States? I think conversation is the most important for mm -hmm. people to be able to engage in, not to be lectured to. And that's why these kinds of programs in which you can even hear the audience calling in, expressing themselves, and you can have a free flow of intelligent conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I think your role, uh, when I'm on the radio, my role, and other people, media has to be taken back. We need to build transparency. The role that media is supposed to do to build transparency uh, in this society's conversation, that's so important. And that, to me, is the, the best solution hmm. to bring in correction, both within the American experience as well as in the Hawaii experience. And, and, and uh, telling, basically, people that, that the path of the billionaires is not, is not the, or the, or the culture, really, of the billionaires is so toxic. Hapa, or Poke, excuse me, Poke Lainui. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. It has been an honor and a pleasure to talk with you and to meet uh, and to have you in our studio, or in, in Barry's studio. <laughs> in your studio, this is where you do your show. Thank you. Poka Lainui. We'll be back. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nate Atwell filling in for Tom Hartman. Tom is broadcasting live out of KWAI, out of Honolulu, Hawaii, one of our great affiliates. And today's show is utterly amazing. You're going to find out everything you wanted to know about how Hawaii became a state and what exactly that process was. We talked to Richard Wolf on trade. No one knows the economy better than Professor Richard Wolf. Sylvia Algaretto uh, tells us about the teacher strikes and just how we can support them. And so much more. TomHartman.com slash podcast and YouTube.com 
Search Tom Hartman. Thank you.